What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about two movies, one being the thriller Under the Silver Lake, starring Andrew Garfield, and the other is the biopic about Vice President Dick Cheney, starring Christian Bale, directed by Adam McKay, and starring Amy Adams as well. First off, I'm going to start things off by talking about Under the Silver Lake. The premise of this movie is that Andrew Garfield plays... I'm going to say the ultimate millennial character named Sam. Sam is without a job, and one night he meets a girl named Sarah, and he thinks they're about to kick it off and start a big, meaningful relationship because Sam feels like he's met the right person and whatnot. And then the next day, he goes back to her apartment and sees that she's moved out, and he cannot understand how someone could move out overnight. The basis of Andrew Garfield's character, Sam, is he is super big into conspiracy theories. He believes everything he hears. He is super paranoid in every way and fashion. And again, it's a complicated character that Andrew Garfield, this whole movie is about him finding a girl named Sarah in Los Angeles who he's just met the night before. It is a crazy thriller It is hard to explain, but I enjoyed it. It's an easy watch for a two-hour and twenty-minute movie. But there are a lot about a lot of things about this movie under the Silver Lake that I enjoy. And the first few things are again, Andrew Garfield has become the master of playing a complicated character. This is so different than any role he's taken on before. He is in literally every scene of the movie. He is the really the only super famous person in there. Again, Riley Keough plays Sarah. Topher Grace is in the movie a little bit. I'll talk about his character in a little bit on the podcast. I just feel like this is a quirky, silly thriller. It's nothing scary. But again, it just makes you think, and it's a complicated movie. And again, they use his character to explain so many conspiracy theories about life. It's it's about a lot of things, but I think the biggest thing it's about is modern life and what is the meaning of it all. And a guy trying to make it in a world that he doesn't fully understand and doesn't want. He doesn't want to be. He doesn't. The character of Sam doesn't want things to be normal. He wants things to be complicated. Again, he's a character who doesn't have a job. He lies to his mom. He, ha- he doesn't pay off his car. He doesn't pay his rent for his apartment. He, he's not a hardworking fellow, but he's not a bad person. He just doesn't have the same wiring as normal people. He's not a normal person. I'm not going to say it's it's a complicated character because you don't always like the character of Sam. Again, in the movie, there are random instances of violence because he's so paranoid. There's a scene where there's some kids in the car throwing eggs at his car and he beats them up and you're thinking, wow, this is way too extreme. But again, he's super paranoid and he reads a comic book called Under the Silver Lake that he believes is all based on true things. And I'm not going to reveal whether or not in the movie those things are true, but it's just an exciting, thrilling ride all throughout. Again, I told you Topher Grace is in the movie and he has this line. He plays Sam's, Andrew Garfield's character's neighbor, who's not quite as involved in the plot. He just seems to be friends with Sam. He doesn't have a name in the movie. He's just his character. And he makes a lot of wisecracks about masculinity in 2019. But one of them that I found the most interesting is 
There's a scene where he says, where is the mystery that makes everything worthwhile? He thinks humanity has lost their mystery in things because of the internet, because of video games, because of a lot of things. And I think that explains this movie so well. Andrew Garfield's character, and even Topher Grace to an extent, love this idea of mystery. They want to solve where Sarah is. I think the most interesting thing in this movie is that you don't even know if Sam really cares about Sarah herself or he just wants answers to a lot of things that he doesn't quite understand. I mean, that's there's a little lacking humanity in Andrew Garfield. And then Topher Grace comes in every few minutes and gives these lines. That's a great quote. Where is the mystery that makes everything worthwhile? He also, there's a scene where they're playing video games and he says, what has happened to men? I think this movie is is a lot of the director's ideas about what manhood is right now because there's a lot of, I'm not going to say man-childs out there, but they're not the same type of men that were in the 70s, 80s, and even 90s. These are different kind of man-boys, if you will, always looking to have a good time. I want to talk about director of the movie of Under the Silver Lake. His name is David Robert Mitchell. He's directed one horror movie before this. I think this movie is all of his opinions on L.A., on fame, and on wealth, because all the characters in Turmoil are struggling actors and famous people and rich people. They are... They have all the power in this movie. Rich people are the ones causing all the problems in this movie. And I think that shows what David Robert Mitchell thinks is all the real problems in real life. And the the character of Sam is not in that world, so he does not understand the issues. And he is striving to solve all the issues. Listen, I think this is all of his opinions on these things, but it's a touchy subject. And again, this isn't going to be a movie for everyone, but I think it's worth watching because I think, first of all, he shoots L.A. and it's so beautiful. He makes L.A. pretty visually beautiful throughout this entire movie. This was a great movie, in my opinion. I really enjoyed Under the Silver Lake. I've only seen it once thus far, but I'm going to watch this for multiple viewings because there are definitely things I missed in this movie. There's another scene in this movie that I really liked that was meta, and it was Andrew Garfield's character, Sam, reading a Spider-Man comic book. He wakes up from sleep, and he's holding a Spider-Man Gwen comic book. Of course... This is to say a lot of things about Andrew Garfield and how he once played Spider-Man. I love things like this in a movie that knows what it's doing. And this was clearly a planned thing to make you realize that the guy who's playing this paranoid guy was one Spider-Man. It's a great scene in the movie. Again, I just think this movie was a good addition to the thriller genre. It has a crazy ending. But I want to talk about the best scene in the movie. To me, the best scene in the movie is when Sam meets this character who calls himself the songwriter. And basically, the songwriter in this reality, in this crazy L.A., has written every big pop song of the last 50 years. He secretly wrote them to, I guess, control the world. And Sam goes all paranoid in this scene. I'm not going to describe what happens, but it's a totally bonkers scene. I really enjoyed this movie. I hope this gets more people to watch a really thrilling movie called Under the Silver Lake. But the best performance to me is definitely Andrew Garfield. And what I think this shows about Andrew Garfield to me, and what it's been showing since he quit being Spider-Man... He doesn't care for fame, and he just wants to play interesting characters and tell different, meaningful stories. Uh, Again, I really hope you watch this movie, Under the Silver Lake. 
Now moving on, I want to talk about the Dick Cheney biopic directed by Adam McKay and starring Christian Bale and Amy Adams about, again, Dick Cheney. This movie is basically how Dick Cheney became the most powerful vice president under George W. Bush. Let's talk about what makes this movie work to me. First off, the relationship between Lynn and Dick Cheney. This is the most important relationship in the movie because this explains why Dick Cheney became a power-hungry mogul, if you will. Because Lynn Cheney was really, at least if you believe this movie, the one with all of the ambitions. And Amy Adams plays it perfectly. I am going to say this one time on this podcast. Amy Adams is the best actress working today in Hollywood. She's been nominated for six Academy Awards, including this movie, and she should have won for this movie. It was a bonkers performance. She is mean at times. She is nice at times. She is different at times. So interesting how she knows back then that a woman cannot be the one in power, so she's using Christian Bale as Dick Cheney to become secretly in power. She knows that they would never let a woman become president or join politics or gain any type of notoriety in the political world. So she uses her husband, Dick Cheney, to grow all that power, basically. I'm not saying she doesn't care about him, but she knows she can't be the one with ambition. So she uses her ambitions to make him grow to become a powerful vice president and whatnot. And it is so interesting to watch throughout the movie how their relationship develops, how she becomes proud of him, how he sort of secretly becomes more powerful than her at the end, I guess, in a weird twist. Another thing I really loved about this movie is Sam Rockwell as George W. Bush. He is hilarious and a perfect pairing with Christian Bale. These are two of the top 30 actors working together. They both won Oscars for supporting actors. I mean, he just brings it in this performance. I loved him in Free Billboards, but he's equally compelling in this. And the connection between both his Bush and Dick Cheney's characters are amazing because they both push into success by a family member, Dick Cheney by his wife and George W. by his father, who was once president, and his mother. And both in this movie, they both are drunks at one point in the movie who don't bring a lot of value, but at some point in the movie, they both become two of the most powerful men in America. I think that's both scary and interesting, but it also shows what wealth and what family connections can do for you. I mean, Dick Cheney didn't have a family connection of power, but Amy Adams as Lynn Cheney helped him become the most powerful person in the U.S., and Bush had the connections, so both of them have this connection of being not basically screw-ups, and then becoming two of the most powerful people in the United States of America. It is truly bonkers, but I think their connection really works. Another thing I really enjoy in this movie is Steve Carell as Donald Rumsfeld. He is basically Dick Cheney's mentor. Again, Carell and Christian Bale in this movie are so good together. Bale is just, I mean... Carell is just so good in these dramatic movies. He was so good in The Big Short, and again in this movie. You can almost forget that it's Steve Carell at times. I think he's better in these dramatic roles than he was ever in those silly comedies. I'm sorry, I just believe he's a really good dramatic actor. I've seen Beautiful Boy recently, I've seen Big Short, and I've seen this, and he just carries these movies with with very little dialogue, but he's so good 
in these big dramatic roles. And his mentorship explains how who Dick Cheney was trying to emulate and their relationship throughout the movie grows and or diminishes at the end of the movie, basically. One of the key characters in this movie is real-life person Colin Powell, and he is played by Tyler Perry. Usually, I despise Tyler Perry, but I really thought he fit well in this role. And sometimes Tyler Perry can prove he's actually a good actor and not the guy who puts his name on every big bad movie I've ever seen, like Tyler Perry's House of Pain and not whatever. But I really liked him in this, and I really liked him in Gone Girl. When Tyler Perry is just a small piece of the cog, it can really work. And this is a small but pivotal role that I actually think Tyler Perry plays pretty decently. He's a key character in the movie. He's the one who doesn't believe that Dick Cheney and George W. Bush are doing things right, and he turns out to be right. Cheney, Christian Bale's character, has just basically given himself executive powers, and Tyler Perry's character, Colin Powell, is just not really a believer in that power at all. Next thing I really liked about this movie is director Adam McKay, his use of a narrator in his last two movies. In 2016, he used a narrator. I don't know if you've heard the guy's name. Ryan Gosling was the narrator of The Big Short, and it really helped explain some complicated stories and really helped you buy into the plot. He does that again in this movie by using another really good actor, Jesse Plemons. You know him from Friday Night Lights, the TV show. He's in a lot of good movies. He was in The Post by Steven Spielberg. He's a really good actor. He's barely in the movie, but his voice is in the movie throughout, being the narrator, telling you the story. And once you learn the connection between Jesse Plemons and Christian Bale's character, it's a really good use of a narrator. It's so interesting, his use of the narrator. It just really makes these stories easy to follow, and I really hope he keeps doing it because it really does help the narrative because in two straight movies, he's telling some pretty complicated over-your-head thoughts. But his use of Ryan Gosling and Jesse Plemons, two of the most likable and really good actors working today, is a beautiful technique to make a complicated story simple. Another thing I really liked about this movie is that he tried to show you that Dick Cheney's not all a monster. His relationship with his daughters is complicated, but at best, he's a really good father, and he's somewhat a good person. I don't think this movie is out there to tell you that Dick Cheney is a really bad person. I do think it is there to tell you that not one man should have all that power, and what that power will do to that one man, and what he's willing to sacrifice or not sacrifice to gain all of that power. I think it's an interesting movie about power. I don't think it's telling you that Dick Cheney is Darth Vader. I don't think that's what this movie is about. I don't think it's telling you that George W. Bush is the evil emperor. I don't think that that's what this movie is out there to do, which some people might think it is out there to do. I don't think this movie portrays either one of them as evil, maniacal guys. They are just two guys. George W. Bush seems to be, he was just president, and he picked Cheney to be the one who had the power, and it was a mistake. I don't, again, I, I don't want to get all political with this movie, but I don't think that the message of the movie is that Dick Cheney is a terrible human being. I don't, I don't, I don't even believe that he probably is a terrible human being. He's just a guy who gave himself way too much power and he found a loophole and he gave himself executive power and he became the most powerful vice president in the history of the United States. And I think that's an interesting story arc. There's so much before I saw this movie I didn't even know about Dick Cheney and I just think that's another 
thing about this movie is it just tells you about a guy who had all of this power and none of us really know him all that well. No one's a Cheney expert out there. He's not one of the great American politicians that we all know a lot about. And to me, that's kind of scary that this guy had all this power and no one really knew. And again, Adam McKay has just become the master of telling these complicated stories. With the big short, he told you about the housing crisis of 2008. There were heroes, there were villains. He wasn't there to tell you who the bad guys were. He just told you the story. I think he's doing the same thing with Vice. He's not here to tell you Dick Cheney's a bad guy. He's just telling you the story of how we got here. How we got to the housing crisis in 2008 and how we got to Dick Cheney becoming the most powerful vice president ever in vice. It is a beautiful story technique, and I think he's the master. He's one of the best directors working today. I... Interesting news in the Adam McKay front. He has broken his longtime partnership with Will Ferrell. I think this is a good thing because I think Adam McKay is developing and growing into a storyteller where Will Ferrell is still trapped in doing these silly movies like Sherlock and Holmes and then Sherlock and Watson or whatever it was. Holmes and Watson. I didn't, again, he, Will Ferrell is trapped doing these silly movies and Adam McKay is growing as a storyteller like he should. Listen, Anchorman's a great movie. But he's he's in a different place of telling meaningful, impactful stories that I wish Will Ferrell would be on. I think it's telling that Will Ferrell grew really famous playing the character of George W. Bush on SNL. And his best friend and partner, Adam McKay, chose Sam Rockwell as George W. Bush. And I think that's why their partnership is holded. Other than that, I think Adam McKay is just one of the best filmmakers working today. Big short, brilliant, vice Vice isn't better, but it's on that same par of being just as good. The best scene in this movie to me is when Dick Cheney comes over to George W. Bush's house and they are outside and Dick Cheney basically agrees to become George W. Bush's vice president. (laughs) The scene where he's like making demands and Bush is like, okay, I'll give you whatever you want. I think it's one of the best scenes because it just shows that George W. Bush isn't really even listening to the demands of Dick Cheney. He just wants this guy as his running mate because George W. Bush, at least in the character in the portrayal in the movie, doesn't really want to do a lot of hard work. He just wants the symbol of becoming president. Whereas Dick Cheney, he says it himself, he wants to do the so-called dirty work. Whether or not you think that is good or bad, that's in your opinion. But that's what he wants to do, and George W. Bush basically wants to just have a good time being president of the United States of America. I think that's super interesting. I think a good analogy for this movie is that Dick Cheney and Christian Bale are like the Wizard of Oz in this movie. They're in the back with all the power and nobody really knows it. And George W. Bush is just the front man for what's happening here. Dick Cheney throughout the movie is the one making the decisions. Whether or not that happened in real life or not, I don't know if this movie is all fact or fiction. I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. I do know it's endlessly entertaining, it's funny, it's dramatic. Three, four of the best performances in movies recently. I mean, Christian Bale just kills it. Amy Adams is amazing. Steve Carell and Sam Rockwell in a small but meaningful role as a president. I mean, it's so good. Best performance, though, has to go to Christian Bale. He's the best actor working today. He's a master of his craft. The last few movies I've seen of him is so good. He is so good. And basically, since The Fighter, he has been the most consistent 
working actor out there. He's replaced Daniel Day-Lewis as the best actor working today. Watch the movie Hostels and tell me Christian Bale is not the best actor. He is so good in this role as Dick Cheney. He transforms into this role as Dick Cheney. Whether or not you think an actor should lose or gain weight for an important role, that's your own opinion. But I just think he's a master of his craft. The best actor working today by far. And I don't really think it's all that close. Like I think since he's been in American Hustle. He's been in The Fighter. He's Again, Hostels is just an amazing movie. And now this, he didn't win the Oscar for it. But I really think he should have. No offense to Rami Malek winning for playing Freddie Mercury. But Christian Bale basically just became... Dick Cheney in this performance. I think why I did a podcast about Under the Silver Lake and Vice in the same podcast is both movies are complicated, both movies are going to have huge fans, and a lot of them are going to have huge detractors as well, but both movies are endlessly fascinating. So if you haven't seen Under the Silver Lake or Vice, I advise you to do so. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney. There'll be a new episode of Pop Culture Spotlight every Thursday on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. And there are special episodes coming really soon in the not-so-distant future. Thanks again for listening.